Meet Your Maker makes professional-grade grinders, vacuum sealers, sausage stuffers, dehydrators, and just about everything else to turn your garage, deer camp, or kitchen into a meat processing haven. Meat only sells their processing tools direct to consumer, cutting out the retailer markup guaranteeing you the best price. Meat also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry, and Meat ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit MeetYourMaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to deer IY this fall. This episode of the Flushman Dustin Podcast is brought to you by Hunt Ready, a high-quality upland vest sourced and handcrafted here in the U.S. of A. to help meet the unique challenges faced by today's upland enthusiasts, regardless of your pursuit. Go to Hunt Ready to find out more. That's H-U-N-T-R-E-D-I.com to find out more. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushem and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ring Next In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Welcome back, hunters, to another Flushman and Dustin podcast. Nick and Tyler here today. We have one of our own, Iowa Hunter, and she claims that she is a huge bird gal. We have Devin Mullenbach here up from Mason City area. Devin, why don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction, a little background about you, and then we'll get into things. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me here. Um, I'm super excited to chat with you guys and get to know you more. Um, But I am Devin, um, Outdoor Dev, as most people know me as. And I originally grew up in southern Minnesota, just across the border, actually. Um, But I now live here in Iowa with uh, my boyfriend and our two dogs. And yeah, I am a huge bird hunter, like you had already said. Um, I love waterfowl. Ducks and geese are my main thing, but I do love pheasants and turkeys, doves, pretty much anything that flies. So, yeah. How did you get into bird hunting? What drew you to, uh, I guess, ducks and geese are your your primary love. What drew you to that? Uh, Well, back in high school, uh, one of my ex-boyfriends took me first and, you know, we just did it here and there and I liked it, but I wasn't a huge fan. but once I met my current boyfriend now, Derek, he is the one that like really got me into it. I had always loved it, but that's when like my passion really started and he just pushed me and I just drove my passion even further, I guess you could say. Damn ex-boyfriends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that sounds funny. How, what's uh, what's your favorite part of goose and duck hunting? Ooh, that's tough because I love watching the birds work. But I also love watching the dog work. So uh, getting that adrenaline rush when you see those geese and ducks um, working in and coming in, getting closer, that's when my heart starts racing. And then obviously um, we shoot them. And then watching that dog, like we trained our dogs ourselves. So just seeing that Drake. um, Yeah, let's introduce your dog quick. Oh, sure. Uh, I've got a chocolate lab named Drake. He is turning five next month, actually. And yeah, we trained him ourselves, uh, started out, you know, just, you know, in the backyard and just grew from there. We uh, read some books, did some uh, YouTube videos, and he's not perfect by any means, but 
he's right where we want him to be. And so, you know, I always say that, you know, people always say, oh, no, he's not perfect, but I will be the first to tell you, and I've said this to Tyler and multiple people, the best dog is a dog that does what you want it to do. Yes, I agree. And that's, yeah. and that's all that matters. It doesn't it matter anybody so else. Good. Yes, it doesn't matter anybody else's opinion. He gives a shit what they think. It's yeah, what your exactly. dog wants. Right. It's what your dog wants to do. What it feels he, even better that we know that we trained him ourselves. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one will be even better because it'll be easier because you've done it before and you know what to do. Yep. <clears throat> so did you? Is Drake your first? Is he your first and your boyfriend's first waterfall dog? Yes. Um, yeah, I have another dog named Whiskey. He's a rescue from an Indian reservation in South Dakota that I had got before I met Derek. Um, and he had a dog when he was younger, but never a hunting dog. So this would be our first dog together and first hunt buddy. Yeah. So do you hunt Drake uh, upland as well or just waterfall? Yes, upland as well. He loves getting out in that field. Yeah, sometimes... I've heard, I haven't witnessed it ever, but I've heard sometimes just by talking through the grapevine that sometimes it's hard for a dog to make that transition. So for you guys to be able to make that transition with your dog, that he's steady in the blind when you're waterfall hunting to can go out and, and grab yourself a pheasant. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. He, I think he definitely loves pheasant hunting more than waterfowl. Um, as soon as we pull out that orange, he knows something, you know, he's ready to rock, but in the blind, can be a little tricky for him to stay still and stay calm but he does what he can so it's great having him in both aspects so yeah speaking of lola that's my younger golden she when we're out waterfowl hunting and she's in the blind if if the birds are out front of us and fine and they're not circling she'll she'll lay there do perfectly fine you know but the moment they start going behind the blind she wants to watch them Yep. She gets her head out and she starts turtlenecking it. And I'm like, get the hell back in the blind. You know, yeah. you know it, it, the good thing is her color is like the color of corn stalks. So For she sure. blends in pretty well. Yeah. Um, so it's not a huge thing. And most of the time they're focused on the decoys, which is why you got them out there anyways. But I just don't want her to be creeping out there and think she can keep doing that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with Drake being uh, your first hunting dog your first dog that you trained for hunting uh what are a few of the things that as a first-time trainer that you felt that you had to learn um and that helped you guys through the process of getting him to be ready to go to the field and some of the struggles that you guys went through for waterfowl i'd say just being consistent and not getting upset with him um you know, cause he's learning as we're trying to learn too. So it's, it goes both ways of us trying to learn how to teach him what to do and him learning what we're trying to teach him. Um, but for pheasants, uh, the first time, a couple times we went out, he obviously had no clue what was going on or what to do. So he was following right behind us or right next to us. And we're like, you know, go, you got to get up in front of us. And then we took him out with a friend's uh, lab who knew what he was doing. He was six or seven years old and Drake followed that dog around back and forth, which was pretty cool. And then I think it clicked once we flushed a rooster and shot it. Drake was like, Oh, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. That's what I want to get. So this is what I need to do. So it's cool to see in all aspects, how 
he goes from walking behind us to like you know we we see that type of thing happen quite a bit actually within recently so first within our kind of group we hunt it was me first with our first i have a black lab uh and then tyler got murph and then lola and you kind of saw them learn off diesel a little bit and they picked up some of his mannerisms and then uh, our buddy matt he has he just got a black lab and then he picked up some of those same mannerisms that diesel has down to murph and lola down to him and they all have that same kind of like trait and that's awesome. from different breed breeders and not even close you know that they're they're picking that up off to each other yeah yeah that's cool how, how old was drake when you first took him out um let's see i think he was two by that time because when he his first hunting season he would have been about six months old maybe so I think we waited till he was about a year and a half, two years. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, like I think upland hunting, I think you can get away with it with them being a little younger, just because they obviously you're out there running and there's not as much um I don't want to say skill because there is a lot of skill to it. Um, but like for waterfowl, you know, it's the dog could be sitting there for an hour to even longer before those birds fly, you know, and then just getting them steady and, you know, one building the confidence to pick up a goose. That was, you know, that, <laughs> do you remember the first goose that Drake went after? Um, it's still a struggle. He actually hasn't been on a actual goose hunt. Yeah. Um, just because we've had friends with their dogs oh, yeah. and it's like they're blind, they're decoy. So we we just leave them at home and he's not fixed. Um, and neither was their female dog. So we're like, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, but we we brought the geese home, obviously, and you know, tossed it in the backyard and tried to let him bring it up. And that was an experience, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a struggle for them at first. With it is, things. it's it's just such a bigger bird that it's hard for them to i mean they know they want to pick it up but it's just learning how to yeah carry the thing you know because you know like i i remember watching lola and murph try to carry their first birds and they were picking it up you know kind of close to like the where the neck and shoulders meet yep. but then the bird was dragging on the ground like yeah. in between their legs right so they'd struggle with that and then they're finally figuring out that they could be you know, maybe a little rougher with it or, and pick it up in the center and it would actually hold it up off the ground. But it, it was funny watching them the first time they were doing like circles around it, trying yeah. to figure out how to pick the, the darn thing up. What and, the heck is this thing? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, that thing's massive. <laughs> yeah. You know, so do you guys mostly stay in Iowa? Do you travel? Do you got any future plans? Um, most of it. Yeah. Is in Iowa. We have, um, can you, can, you, can you give us the exact spot and locations <laughs> you know i'm joking, I I'm would, joking. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so... we, have, we have a buddy who's always uh always worried about dropping shit no i hear you but yeah most of our stuff is in iowa we do travel you know up to an hour two hours mm. at times um we do cross the border and hunt minnesota with some buddies too 
Um, we didn't do a whole lot this year. We usually try to make a trip up with my brother too, closer to like the metro area, north of the metro. Uh, but that didn't, yeah, that didn't happen this year. Last year we did, but yeah, this year was so crazy with COVID and whatnot. Um, but we do have a spring goose hunt planned with my brother for um, April, first, first week in April, I think. Nice. Where you do that? Uh, that'll be in South Dakota. Um, okay. Depending on the feed, we might have to hop the border and go to North Dakota, but that all depend on how the migration is going. So you, the mig- sorry, Tyler. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say the migration. So I, do you know where like Dubuque, Iowa is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I used, to, I'm from there originally. I used to hunt okay. right in Mississippi cool. um, up that, up that way. Actually, Guttenberg's the exact town I'm from. The migration I can remember in high school used to come right down the Mississippi, right through Guttenberg, and it would be nothing for us to go out and shoot our limit in 20 minutes. Of snow like geese or, or uh, no ducks, ducks. It'd be like wood ducks, ducks mallards. Okay. Yeah, that, that type yeah. of thing. Uh, geese. Um, yeah, so it was nuts, and I we did that morning after morning. Uh, uh, Tyler knows Brian Sorensen would go with him all the time, and we would do that, and it was just like old hat. Now up there migration doesn't even like go like he yeah. goes out if he gets one duck he's like oh i got one today it was a good day like where it used to be you shoot a limit so it's crazy how everything just like shifts, shifts. but i know like they're making kind of more of that uh like i guess ponds and waterfall area down the more of the center of the united states i guess if you will the flyway mm-hmm. i guess yeah. you call it yeah yeah well, what we experienced this year is all the ducks and shit show up so late. Yeah, show up after season. Too. God, we had uh, some by the Cedar Rapids area, and there's ADM is a big like corn processing plant. I think it produces like seventy five percent of the food in the U.S. that has corn in it goes through starts at like ADM and goes through that i think is what the percentage is maybe a little more maybe a little less but there's a they have like hot water ponds surrounding Mm -hmm. that area yep and it was probably i don't know uh the last of december beginning of january and it was just like the amount of ducks it was almost like blackbirds you know the big swarms of blackbirds that you get like that's how many ducks were in the area and it was insane and there was a week, two weeks before that, there was literally zero. And then season closes, and next thing you know, they show up. <laughs> yeah, that's. It seems like that's how it goes every year now. And we get we have that early teal season, and really just depends on the year if it's good or not. Like we had yeah. three good years in a row, and now we've had two kind of crappy years. Yeah. Um, but I would more or less not have that at all, and have that added on to the end of the season because geese are still open so we're still sitting in the blind watching these ducks you know oh yeah coming into our decoys and whatnot and there's nothing you can do but just watch the show yeah i did see i don't know if you're on facebook at all but i'm in an iowa waterfall waterfowlers group and there's a i don't know who it was but he has a petition going that they're taking to the dnr on the 22nd of february Mm -hmm. to try to get the seasons moved around which i doubt is going to happen but yeah i mean at least someone's trying it, I try. suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah so but so how did uh 
overall, how did your season go this year? Uh, pretty good. We shot a lot of geese with our group of buddies that we hunt with. Ducks were so-so. We still got some, but it wasn't like previous years. Yeah. Um, we got on a good mallard feed last year and shot a three-man limit. This year, we it just didn't happen. Uh, we tried. We It was hard to chase the birds um, or if somebody already had permission or the farmer wasn't giving permission, just things like that. It was just one thing after another wasn't working out for us. But yeah, geese was really good for us. Yeah. How did pheasant season? Did you get out? Pheasants? Yes, we did a couple times. Um, I would have liked to more, but too many things and not enough time. Um, we shot a couple. Um, we went to South Dakota for a weekend, but it was super, super cold. Um, we went to there? South Dakota and it was super warm. <laughs> yeah. It was like 60 degrees. Oh, we shitty. had like negative 30, negative 40. Oh, would you go in January? Yeah. Yep. Oh man! Second week, first week in January. Okay. Did you do you just have public ground out there? Do you? Yeah. Yep. We were trying to just do DIY public land. Yeah. Man, this year was tough out in the Dakotas, just with yeah. the lack of CRP because they hate everything and whatnot. And then I can't imagine putting negative twenty, thirty, forty miles or degrees on that. Jesus. Yeah, it was not fun. Once you got going, like you could finally start to feel your fingers, but at first it was brutal. And yeah, the dog was fine for like the first two spots. We just did like short little 15 minute walks. Yeah. And you could tell that he was even feeling it. And we're like, yeah, this this isn't good. <laughs> this oh, yeah. isn't fun anymore. What are you using uh to slay all these creatures of that you like <laughs> i um for waterfall <laughs> i use a franke affinity okay and then yeah. i have a franke instinct for pheasants oh, nice what made you go with the with the franke say that again what made you go with uh with that gun with that brand um i was looking for like a women's specific gun originally uh this was three four years ago maybe and Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I went into Cabela's looking for this certain women's gun and they didn't have any. So they recommended the Franke to me. So I felt it, I picked it up and I fell in love with it instantly. So I was like, okay, I'll try this one, I guess. So. And they're good price, which is nice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's higher end for myself, but yeah. You know, it, it's a great gun. I would never go anything less than that anymore. I think it's still good entry level, just yep. slightly above entry level, but yeah. Yeah. I was looking, I was, I was researching earlier this year because my cousin shoots a Stoger. And <coughs> 3,500, I think is the model number on that one. And I think that's how it goes. Like Stoger's below Franke. Yeah. And then it's Franke. Yeah. And then you got benelli above the franke but yep. i'm not gonna spend that much money so <laughs> yeah me either <laughs> especially on a waterfall gun that you just like beat up Tra- yeah you know, it's sure. like thrown in the mud and well that's what i told tyler actually this past year i uh uh my browning maxis that i have like i feel like i take care of it uh clean it all the time but, like this year after a season I've had it for 11 years now. I bought it right when they first came out with the Maxis. 2010, I think I bought it. So it'll be 12 years now. 
just looks like the stock looks like shit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what I did to this. Like I, I clean it and I feel like I take good care of it, but like the, the barrel, nothing has any scratches on that. It's just like the, the stock on it. It's just all scratched hill. Hey, but it, it must be worth something if it's lasted that long. So, Oh, I mean, the gun has never jammed on me. It's the best gun I've ever bought. Right. That's awesome. And he actually shoots good with it, which is good too. Yeah, you shoot, shoot well with Even it. better. Cherry on top. <laughs> See, right. I have no reason to get a new one other than uh, I bought a the 16 gauge, uh, was it not last year, the year before? The A5, yeah. The A5 Sweet 16. So this year, I think that's going to be my full time uh, pheasant hunt gun now. Nice. That's awesome. Just kind of went through my 12 gauge shells and done. So switch over to that guy. Yeah, shells are hard to find nowadays. Yeah, what oh, do you shoot man. for ammo? Um, for which one? Or e- either. All Both. of it. All of it. All of it. Um, three inch for all across the board, 12 gauge. Um, for ducks, we go with either between or teal, it's like six shot. And then up from there is four and twos. Twos okay. mostly for late season. And then geese is either twos or BB. Yep. And then for pheasants, we use fours. Okay. And what brand? What brand of shell you shooting? uh federal speed check okay so we recently switched uh i believe it was last year we did this no two years ago have you ever wanted to process your own wild game from start to finish meet your maker has you covered mead makes professional grade grinders vacuum sealers sausage stuffers dehydrators and just about everything else to turn your garage deer camp or kitchen into a meat processing haven Mead only sells their processing tools direct to consumer cutting out the retailer markup guaranteeing you the best price Mead also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry and Meet ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit meetyourmaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to deer IY this fall. Two hunting seasons ago, I think, yeah, we switched to Boss Ammo. I don't know if you've, ne- have you ever shot it or heard of it. I haven't. Uh, well, I've heard of it, but I haven't shot it. But I would try that. It is a little more expensive. It I is. Guess. It is. But it, it is. is. It is so phenomenal. To to give you an idea, so I used two and three quarter four shot on geese this year, and just dropped them like a sack of potatoes. Awesome. Now, when it hit the late season, I went to three. Their three shot number two, but early mm-hmm. season, I was shooting two and three quarter four shot, and the guys with me. And there's not, I mean, obviously you got to use what ammo you can find or afford and, you know, depending mm-hmm. how much you're shooting and whatnot. But the guys that were with me, you know, they were using, when I told them I was using two, I brought a box of two and three quarter and they're like, what size are those shells? And I'm like, oh, just two and three quarter. And they're like, God, this, and this is my first year, like waterfall hunting. You know, and uh, they're like, oh, God, this is definitely your first year waterfowl hunting. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, God, I've seen guys on YouTube or not YouTube on Instagram all the time saying these four shot are just, you know, awesome. And first flock comes in and just I dropped two of them just and the guys that they shoot theirs and their birds are just running everywhere. And crippled and mine are just laying yeah. deader than dead and they're like damn like that is a 
and then they're asking about what type of shell it was. But I mean, I was surprised that it worked two and three quarter through four shot worked that well too. Um, you know, I think the real reason we switched to it is because it was, we originally started because it was non-tox. Yeah. And we just wanted to be able to, I mean, when you hunt, you know, if you're hunting private ground, it doesn't really matter. We use lead if you wanted to. Um, but we just wanted to be in that non-tox space uh, just in case, you know, we we're on public ground and have to switch shells or whatever yep. the case may be. Yeah. So that's really why we started going with them. And then to find out it was, it, it, it is the best shooting shell that I've ever shot. Yeah. And we, we've, we shot a Kent bismuth this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried a box of that. <clears throat> I think it's good. I do think the bismuth is, I do think it, it hits hard. It works well. I like that uh, shell. I did you know, like that and, show. and it patterns pretty well, but I also really like, and we bought this, God, how many years, it has to be six or seven years ago. We bought Fiocchi Steel Max, and it's only Shields. sold at Shields. Shields. It's an ex- Shields exclusive. Yeah. It has like $10 a box. Yeah, it was the cheapest oh. shit we could find, and we bought a ton of it, and I use that on uh pheasants this year and man i don't know what it, it is but that shell just works good it shoots so well like that was the, that was the, it was cheap but you can't find it anymore yeah we bought the hell out of that shell years ago and we still have a couple boxes left but man it was it was a fantastic shell still yeah. is a good i hope maybe they still make it i don't know i haven't seen it well, well can't find to check it. all of those out yeah what what uh what does your boyfriend shoot the same Nice. Or for guns, you mean? Yeah, for guns. Well, he just bought a Frankie Affinity as well um, before this season because he liked mine so much. And then he still has his 1187, 870. Oh, yeah. So he'll switch back and forth depending on how he feels. But mostly for waterfall, he does that Frankie Affinity. Nice. Those old 1187s and 870s are just tried and true. Yeah. They're heavy guns, though. Man, they're heavy. Yeah, exactly. I've considered what is going on with my computer. I've considered um, trying to find myself. So my my dad, so my grandpa, so my dad's dad. He used to sell Pioneer seed corn, and uh, one year they had if you sold so much, you got a a, you want a Browning BPS shotgun, and well, he has a Pioneer, so it has a Pioneer symbol in it. My grandpa wanted, now my dad has it. It has like pheasants engraving and whatnot on it. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way that thing shoots. And I've always considered trying to find myself a 12 gauge BPS and use that for waterfowl hunting, just because it's like, doesn't matter how cold it is. Doesn't matter if it gets wet. Doesn't matter if you drop it in the mud. The whole pump gonna action work. is going to work. Yeah. And I, for a second there, you said you were considering, I thought you were going to say considering not shooting anymore. Cause I was like, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, someone else can pay for the shells and shoot, and I'll just take the reap the rewards of the bird. <laughs> Do you have any plans for a another dog in the future, Devin? If so, sticking with the lab or gonna switch it up? I've tried and tried and tried to get a third dog, but Derek says absolutely not. And then I tried to get a cat and he said absolutely not. So I agree with the cat part. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Derek. <laughs> I agree. I'm 
I'm stuck right now, but we've talked about um, another lab or uh, Brittany. We really want to kind of get a pointer too, so we have a pointer and a flusher. Um, otherwise, the poodle pointer I thought of. Um, I don't want to be smiling. Nick's that's smiling. That's going to be my next dog. A poodle pointer? Yep. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, something my wife and I agreed on. Uh, we have a lab right now, Black Lab. He's going to be eight this year. Oh. And it's kind of time to start looking for that next dog. And I'm, he's my third one. And you get, kind of get those emotional feelings like, God, do I go back to him? And what if the next dog's not like him for a lab? Da, 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 da. And for sure. we ended up, one of my buddies has a poodle borner and she saw him and I got to hunt with him. And she was like, I think I would like to switch up to this. So happy oh, wife, happy cool. life. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any nice plans team. of when a time frame at all? This fall. Nice. This and fall. Have- so when exactly i don't know uh i actually just talked to the breeders last week um Sweet. he said it would he said he's waiting his the female that he wants to breed hasn't come into her first heat cycle this year so it'll be her second heat cycle so probably late this fall which is fine cool. with me i don't have That's any awesome. i don't want to hunt it this year i want to give diesel is my lab's name i want to give him one last year by himself yeah. uh, just him just him and i and then next For year sure. uh you know, when he turns nine, I feel like he might be, I mean, he's, he's slowed down this year a little bit. Uh, I feel like he might be slowing down even more after this year. We'll see. Yeah. Happens quick tough, and I'm yeah. trying to plan for it. And I know you can't do that. Cause I also had a lab who lived till he was 15. He hunted till he was 13. Wow. So, That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So who knows what we'll get, but he was a lot smaller. He was like 60 pounds. Diesel's 90. That's what he oh, runs wow. at. Yeah. He's okay. a big boy. Yeah, he'd that's be a about, good goose dog. Yeah, that's about our dog too, Drake. He's bounces between sixty and sixty-five, so yeah, just a little lab. Diesel's athletic son of a bitch too, I bet. Oh yeah, yeah. Diesel's weight's mostly his head. <laughs> Hunters, we would like to take this time to give a shout out to the following sponsors of the Flushman Dustin Podcast. Gun Dog Outdoors has been a huge support for us. And their first aid kit, as well as their water bottle that we carry in the field, is awesome to have. The first aid kit can be used not only for your dogs, but it can also be used on yourself if you do receive a cut. has everything in it that we've needed so far. Uh, I've had injury of Murph getting a stick caught in the top of his eye and was able to use the tweezers to pull that out had bandages for their paws when they've got cut up. Uh, Then when we've got cuts too, we've been able to bandage ourselves up. So great product. Definitely recommend it. And the water bottle is just awesome to have at the beginning of the season and even during the end of the season because your dog needs uh, hydrated. And sometimes during late in the year, those creeks and streams are all frozen up. Uh, So it's always good to carry extra water with you just to give your dog a quick sip and then back to hunting. One thing that we also uh, are pushing for this year is for people to start wearing hearing protection. Uh, It's not uh, a thing you see a lot of individuals wearing, and we started wearing hearing protection this past season uh, using Tetra Hearing custom molds, and it is awesome how much better you can actually hear the hunt. It... uh, you has a volume control on it, so you can turn the volume up and down. Three different settings uh, that you can choose from. 
and it's also comes as an option to have it be rechargeable and a hard case for storing. I chose the rechargeable so I didn't have to carry extra batteries around and I wanted the hard case, which is where it charges as well and it makes it better for storing. You can save some money at Tetra Hearing using code FLUSHEM2021. That's F-L-U-S-H-E-M-2021, FLUSHEM2021 to save you some cash. We travel with our dogs in Dakota 283 kennels. They fit our dogs very well and are made of high quality material. Easy to get in and out of the truck with where the handles are located, as well as strapping them down in the trucks for safer traveling. The doors come with locks on them, so you can lock up the kennel if you're going to be away from your truck for a while. And they just, for our dogs, they fit them very well, very happy with the product. Uh, Great customer service, easy to work with. Check them out, dakota283.com. You can save yourself some cash as well using code RNR10, RNR10. And this year, finally, we pulled the trigger on getting a truck bed system from Total Access. That's Total A-X-X-E-S-S, truck bed systems. They are made from the same material that Truck Vault is made from. And they also have more storage than what the decked truck system offers. The total access system has side flaps, so you have full access to storage in front of your wheel wells as well as behind your wheel wells. And you also have 2,000-pound payload capacity to be able to sit on top of the truck bed system. And each drawer comes with a 200-pound capacity with the option to upgrade to even heavier capacities. The system has been great for organization, and it also comes in a low profile, which is only 10 inches high, and a higher profile if you're running shorter kennels or smaller kennels. That comes in a 13-inch high system. Both of them are great. Both provide ample storage, full access drawers, that slide all the way out. You can also take the drawers out if you need to, to clean them, uh, to do anything else with them. So great product to have. And for any bird hunter or hunter in general, a truck bed system is, we think it's a must. It is so nice to have. You can save yourself some money with the truck bed systems, total access truck bed systems using code ringnecks. So truckbedsystems.com is where you can find these total access truck bed systems. Again, thank you for listening to the Flushman and Dustin podcast, and let's get back to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got this massive head on him. Head. Oh, oh, yeah. Geez. It is big. And he always bun- runs into you with it. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> That's yeah. like an, He's like an elephant. He doesn't know how wide his ears are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that'll be a good dog. It'll be exciting to get that. Did you, uh, when you guys picked out Drake, did you have a breeder that you specifically went with, or how did that process go? Um, well, 
originally Derek just kept saying that he wanted a chocolate lab. Like he was saying it for years, even before I met him. Um, and at the time we were living in Rochester. And so my plan was to, for Valentine's day, um, his gift would be the down payment of this chocolate lab puppy. So I did some research and he knew that we were kind of looking, but not like we're going to do it. So him and I kind of looked at breeders together and narrowed it down. And then I talked to a couple and um, they're Luscombe Labs right here in Clear Lake. Uh, that's the guy who I went with and he was super nice. The whole family was nice. And so, yeah, I bought or I put the down payment down for his Valentine's gift. And then we went and picked one up together a couple of weeks later. Nice. Yeah. That's a heck of a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't get I don't get anything for Valentine's Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah usually it's the other way around. You wanted that dog more needed. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So now that hunting season's over, you're hitting the hitting the ice for fishing. For sure. Yep. It's what? midwinter lull kind of, but yeah. It'll be late. It's gonna go quick once um late ice comes. So yeah. Well have you had what got you into ice fishing? My dad. I originally went out with him and learned from him here and there, and then it just I guess grew. you're from Minnesota, so it's probably like weird if you don't fish. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> it's like there's so many lakes. Have you guys ever yeah. headed to Canada to fish? Uh, we have in open water summertime in June, um, but not ice. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Do you know, so kind of going off topic a little bit, but for Minnesota, because Nick and I have talked about trying our hand at an upland hunt up there. Do you know how their license works for out-of-staters? Is it just so many days or? No, it's all it? year. Oh, so one license you can go all year? Yeah. Um, they might have. For fishing, I think you can do like a three or seven day like that, or you can do a full year. And then for hunting, I believe it's just the whole year. Oh, it's wow. not like South Dakota where you only get two, five days. Yeah. I think like North goes like 14 days. Or five, five days is usually enough. I mean, yeah. time you yeah. run the dogs and it's they're, they're out there when you're going through cattails and shit, they're yeah they're white unless it's close enough where you know i can just yeah, drive you, across yeah. the border within 30 minutes and go hunt something so that is pretty nice it makes sense for me to you know buy both and just be good for the whole year yeah what's it what's it cost did you say maybe i missed uh, it. it's like 150 for non-resident that's typical yeah right yeah. around there so you said you also might go to north dakota across south dakota border go to north dakota do you do that often and would you um, rather no, would you rather be, do that than south dakota oh then north dakota for snow geese yeah would you rather go north dakota or south dakota oh i don't know you know that's tough because i i haven't hunted snow geese ever this will be my first time okay um i've only been through north dakota driving through it so it'd be cool to hunt that too since i've already hunted south dakota so when you're hunting snow geese are you just gonna do like tyler does when he's hunting geese in the snow and just take your white bed sheets (laughs) i had to do that this year i did that's awesome so no joke the dog lines i was like one it's fucking expensive to get into waterfall like stupid expensive 
I don't get why everything's so expensive, but it is. And then, so I didn't buy snow covers for the dog lines because I just didn't. And I just didn't even think about it. And so the guys, well, I wasn't even supposed to be able to hunt. And then excuse me, um, Haley's, because uh, my fiance's, we we're going to do the Christmas that weekend, but then her family came down with COVID. So everything got canceled. So that opened up my weekend to go hunting. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I can join now. And we had a bunch of snow on the ground. And I was like, fuck, I don't have anything to cover up these dog blinds. And so, yeah, I just used old bed sheets that we had downstairs and wrapped them around it. And it worked out well. I just threw snow on top of it and put a couple corn stalks in it and worked out fine. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it worked just, just as well. I've heard of people doing that before, even with their own layouts. So yeah. 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 And I mean, I think the big thing is as long as they don't have like that UV shine on them, yeah. you know, that yep. gives off that, that glare. But yeah. It was, it seemed to work out and I don't, I think I threw the bed sheets away to be honest because they're full of mud and corn stuff after that. But yeah, right. He's got he's got him stuffed in a closet. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, well, he's That's saving awesome. him. He's saving. I'm waiting for. I'm his... waiting for Nick to come over to have some drinks where he can't go home and have to sleep <laughs> in those bed sheets. <laughs> Here you hey, go, you smart that, ass. At that these. point, at that point, I wouldn't <laughs> mud yeah. would be dry on him anyway. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Well, shit, this year, the last night in South Dakota, uh, everybody, last night, we weren't hunting the next day, so, of course, everybody gets after it. I wake up at, <laughs> what, four, like, 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Dimwit here is passed out on the couch next to me with a, all he has for a blanket is a towel, and there's a bunch of fucking chips on the floor. <laughs> like, well, it looks like he had a good rest of his night. Hey, so I don't think him sleeping with the dirty bed sheets gonna be hey. too bad. We'll blame we'll blame Matt for that night. That was uh, that was Matt's night. He uh, we ran out of beer, and we were all actually pretty good with it. And then Matt's like, "Oh, I'll just go down and get a twelve pack." was back with a 30 and fireball <laughs> nice anytime yeah. you add fireball to the mix it's never a good thing uh, oh, i don't drink that anymore girls yeah not good not good so what you're gonna what's your plans for turkey hunting um you know season dates um you go first second out. third or fourth yeah, they just came out a little bit ago. Um, we were going to do the first season this year, but with our snow goose trip now, we can't get first season and like a long weekend off. So I think we're going to do season two. We're going to try anyway. Um, we've got some public spots around here, and then there's one private spot that we ask for too, depending on um, if... So th- this landowner lets people hunt on the weekends, but they can only have... Like he lets one set of people hunt one weekend and then doesn't let them hunt the rest, yeah. uh, especially for like season four and whatnot. So like last year we got to him late and he only had one weekend open. It was Mother's Day weekend. And it's like, oh, of course, no, nobody's hunting that weekend. So yeah. we took it and we that's when actually Derek shot his turkey. Nice. Um, but yeah, we're going to try for season two this year. Nice. What what uh what decoys do you use for turkey hunting? 
We have the, oh shoot. No, you put me on the spot and I can't think of it. Avion X? That might be it. Dakota? No, it might be Avion X. Yeah. I could actually look it up if I really. (laughs) My brother was asking me if I wanted to update our, I have like a, Friggin' turkey decoy from like 10 years ago that I bought at Gander Mountain. Yeah, it's made out of fucking bed sheet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a sty- it's like styrofoam. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's what my blinds made out of. I just take a bed sheet out. That's hang funny. it up. It's not waterproof, but it does a job. Yeah. It is the Avian X LCD half strut drape. Jake. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so give us a couple of your favorite one, your favorite waterfall story, and two, your favorite upland story. Oh, favorite waterfall story that's hard to pick. Um, okay, give us multiple. Yeah, well, let's see. So, the my absolute favorite was actually last year on this mallard feed we found in the morning we were actually going to hunt this little pond and um we were with Derek's cousin and he had hunted there before but hadn't seen it this year so we're like okay that's fine you know you've been there you should know where we're going or know where we gotta go but we get there and some beavers had done some damage and built up a wall so this pond was couple feet higher than it normally is and we could not get through it at all it was just a whole bunch of timber and like little um not buckthorn but something along the lines of that and we just couldn't get around to the right spot and get set up so we said screw it and we were just going to go home and go back to bed and take a nap while on the way home Derek's cousin had saw this mallard feed and it was like a misty kind of sleeting day And these ducks and geese were just dumping into this field. So he called us and he's like, we got to hunt this field tonight. So we ran home, dropped all of our pond water gear stuff off, grabbed all the field gear and got out there as fast as we could. We had to kick the birds off the field because they just kept coming in. And we're like, well, hopefully they just come back. So we get set up. Um, The boys or the guys went to drive the trucks back to the road and so I'm just like well I'm just gonna stay here I'm not gonna walk back with you guys so I get in my blind I get my gun ready and all of a sudden here comes some ducks so I was like okay do I wait for them to come back or do I take my shot and so I'm just sitting there watching these ducks go around and around and finally they get close enough to me and I'm like I just gotta do it and so I got my on one green head and I had not I not shot a greenhead before that day. So I got my eye on one and I pulled up and I shot once and I got him and I was just so excited and so happy that I finally shot one and it was all by myself yeah, that's that I didn't cool. shoot anymore. So I popped up out of my blind. And I'm like, woohoo, you know, like all happy. <laughs> and the guys were like, we're wondering if you're ever going to shoot. Cause they had stopped, you know, just a yeah. little past, um, not past the trucks, but on their way back, they were just stopped and we're going to see what I was going to do. So that was pretty exciting and that's the day we shot our four or no three man limit and so that was really fun i love hunting in the sleet and the snow and harder for the ducks to see but 
Yeah, that's, it was it was that's really fun. Pretty cool to shot too. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the ducks and geese just don't stop flying when it's like that. Exactly. It's like the inclement yeah. weather is the best time to go. For sure. And that's when a lot of people don't want to go. So yeah. It's even better. Yep. Fair weather hunters. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a, we got a few friends like that. I can think yeah. of a couple. Ryan, Uriah, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's just throw the pot yeah. yeah what's uh what's your favorite upland story uh, do you hunt much upland in minnesota let me ask you that no not a whole lot That's um, sad. don't know many people that do need to get someone on here that can give us some background of that yeah when we lived in rochester we tried quite a few times but just the birds weren't there on the public ground we don't hunt private and we don't hunt game farms so yeah yeah well i guess we shouldn't hunt or we don't hunt private because we do hunt my grandpa's place but it's very small and it butts up next to public but yeah the birds just weren't there on the public grounds we just couldn't find the right area or if it just wasn't a good year or i don't know yeah yeah, so mostly Iowa. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, your upland story, you got it? Um, probably my very first rooster I ever shot. Uh, this was a couple years ago. And Derek and his buddies always had this tradition of them getting back together, you know, even after high school, after they moved away. And on pheasant opener, they'd all get together and hunt um, a couple different fields in the morning or whatever. And that year I was the first female to ever go with them. So me with a bunch of dudes and that I don't know because I haven't met these friends of Derek. So I'm like, hi, like I'm just here to have fun, whatever. Um, but yeah, we start walking. It seemed like everybody else was getting shots and I wasn't like, I just wasn't in the right spot. Um, but we had gone around this uh, thicker patch. Uh, it wasn't cattails. It was something taller. But right as I got out and around that taller, thick patch, one came up right in front of me and it was so perfect. And it just one shot and it was down. It was like the happiest moment ever because I finally did it because we had went out before and just same thing, wrong spot, wrong time. I just could never get my own shot. So when that finally actually happened, it was like, yes, finally. Yeah. That's how people are. That's how people always feel when they hit with me. They never get their own shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it fucking nick's like quick trigger i'm not shooting here. anymore i'm not shooting anymore yeah you you wait more than two seconds i'm shooting <laughs> uh, antsy, well it sucks it sucks when you pants. got when you got like four or five guys and you're all the way on one end but then the other side's getting all the shooting it's like you can't shoot yeah. across everybody but i mean that so was it not this last thing season this current one but the year before Sort of got every hunt time I hunted with Tyler. He'd saw he would shoot at fucking twenty birds every time we went out. <laughs> just how it goes. It, no, yeah. it is. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just you know you line up and you walk and you know we will even Tyler and I will even do the thing where where do you want to hunt? Which side do you want? You know, so you know yeah. sometimes we let each other. Usually we switch off and on. One guy gets to pick where he wants to go, and sometimes that's the spot. Sometimes it's not at all. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's just all part of it. It is. That's what makes it fun. 
Yeah, yeah for sure. It's called it's called hunting, not getting. Yeah, and <laughs> I right. actually shot more roosters than Derek this year because of that reason. So very nice. This, this yeah. Derek you speak of sounds like he might be a pretty good hunter as well. He is. Yeah. He's <laughs> much, well, he he really is. He's much better than me, but I just happen to get lucky. So nah. Sometimes it's uh, better to be lucky than good. Yeah. Too, if, you put, if you put in the time and effort, though, I mean, yeah, uh, good things are bound to happen. For sure. So one other one other thing, you kind of touched on it uh, when you were telling your pheasant story about, you know, being the the only girl in the group and, mm-hmm. you know, like not knowing the guys. And um, I think sometimes I, and females may, might be nervous or something, you know, to start hunting or go out hunting or ask to join what would you recommend for them to do and like have you had to overcome any of that outside of obviously your pheasant story that you just talked about yeah for sure um I I am only the girl or the only girl usually besides when I hunt with uh, my best friend Katie but she lives um north metro kind of so I hardly get to see her so it's usually just me all the time with all these guys and at first I was nervous and I felt like I had to prove something or prove that I was good enough to hunt with them um but all of that I kind of talked myself all out of that it all went away um once I got to know the guys and you know they were friendly and just felt like more friends to me Um, but I could see it is intimidating for some women to get out there and be the only female. Um, I really just got lucky with my boyfriend with his passion in it. And so him and I got to grow together. I got to grow with him as, um, you know, within myself and then his friends, it just like added to that. So I guess I was able to learn from Derek and be with Derek and you know, learn more of the base of everything and then jump into being the only girl with a bunch of guys. And, um, I know some women can't do that or they don't have a resource like that. So the best thing I would do would be to find somebody in the area as like a mentor and just get comfortable with that one person first, whether that's a girl or a guy. Um, that would be the first steps I would take for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, because we don't feel like there's, I mean, my wife has hunted a little bit uh, with me, but now with two kids, uh, uh, it's pretty tough for her to get out, but she does like to do it. Um, but I really don't see, personally, maybe more out there than I know, a ton of women in the field, upland or waterfall, that is. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not on the waterfall side as much as like Tyler or yourself would be. But uh, yeah, we'd like to get more uh, more women out there, more women interested and especially in dog training, you know, there's, uh, down here in Des Moines, they got, uh, like an HRC group, hunting retriever club. And I don't think there's one woman that comes and trains at that, which wow. uh, I'd be nice to get, to get more yeah. women involved in, in that. Cause sometimes I think even just a gentler hand is better than, you know, a bunch of meatheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's what, uh, you know, if I, if you've obviously looked at the last few podcast episodes, we're, you know, having more women on to try to get yeah. exposure and, you know, like get people more comfortable, get more women more comfortable with, you know, even if they like reached out to you and could ask you questions, like if they would feel comfortable with that, you know, yeah. and, 
I think that's the big thing is just, you know, like having the, not the confidence or just the feel comfortable to reach out and ask someone a question, you know, and not I feel guarantee like you're gonna get Devin, if you and I went to the field together, there's something you would teach us. And vice versa. You yeah. know, so but yeah, all, always asking questions is a great, I always say there's no such thing as a dumb question because we all start somewhere. So something yeah. that mean, might seem silly to a beginner is totally normal to us, you know? Yep. So yep. I always encourage people, even not just women, just men too. If they don't know, just you got to ask because you got to yep. start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as dumb questions. No. At least I don't think so. I ask them all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is I the wish... truth, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like um, in, around in my area, there's not a lot of female hunters. Um, but online, like my online friends are great because I have a lot of them. Yeah, I imagine. And just there's outdoor women, I feel like everywhere. But just like in my area or, you know, I can't, there's nobody around here. So, yeah. But yeah, that is true. Yeah, I got I got two daughters that I'm hoping to uh, groom for the field someday yes, here. That's awesome. Yep. And I think yeah. I think they'll both do it too, just by kind of their personalities and and whatnot. I think they'll they'll be receptive to it and want to do it. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, Devin, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, giving us some background, talking about obviously your passion with the outdoors and um, everything in between. So uh, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, I think this one will be posted three weeks, three weeks. Yep. So we're three weeks out. So we'll obviously tag in it. So you know it, but yeah, for sure. uh, Well, I appreciate you inviting me on here. I enjoyed talking to you both and just getting to know you more. And hopefully we can get out in the field sometime. together. That'd be awesome. Most likely. That'd be awesome. Take me on, take me on a goose hunt. I don't, I don't hardly ever goose hunt. So we got plenty we got, of them. If we got birds down this way, I'll let you know. We'll try to get awesome. everybody out. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. So, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Devin. Have a great night. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Talk you to you later. Talk Bye. to you later. Bye.